True Believers, welcome to the Low Key Podcast. My name is Tim Malloy. I'm back this week after I was very capably replaced last week by Sam from the Sam Said It Podcast. And returning from last week, who also did a great job, Aaron and Keith. How are you guys doing? We're doing pretty good. And you will miss, sir. Thank you, Sam, for joining in. We, you know, happy to have you as always, but it's good to have the original crew back. Very much. How are you doing, Keith? Good, good. Good. So this week we're talking about Batwoman, the new CW show that we kind of looked askance at a few weeks ago, and we thought we owed it a full look now that the show is out. We were kind of going off the trailer. We weren't that impressed by it. Uh, There were a couple things that happened in the trailer that got us talking about a conversation about whether the show was a good example of representation or was just an attempt to kind of, um, what was the word we used? Oh, pander. That was it. Yeah. Whether Good pandering, bad pandering. How does that work? Yeah, we wanted to know whether this was a real show that, standard, that stood on its own merits or whether this was just kind of a pandery show. Um, and now we've gotten a chance to watch it and gotten to form opinions based on the actual product. And uh, yeah, now we get to say what we thought. What did everybody think? Well, you know what? So jumping off what we just said with the whole idea of pandering, the thing, you know, I had kind of dismissed in my mind, and, and you know, not on purpose, it's a CW show, which is um, CW has a very particular sort of um, style and the safe they go with for their particular audience. And oftentimes they do skew certain directions and they try to give people of diverse backgrounds chances to do all kinds of stuff. So um, and really like lean into it. They're not very shy about it at all, whether you're looking at uh, a Supergirl or Black Lightning um even the way some things work within um oh my god what's the archie show called riverdale riverdale Riverdale. Riverdale. yeah yeah they're not shy about doing that kind of stuff so um this is definitely a good example of it in batwoman batwoman is letting all kinds of uh like it leans far into its identity allowing um our uh, main character kate is batwoman leaning to her her sexuality her androgynous uh style and, you know, it, you know, I think and a lot of things about the show do work for me. Um, and I can let you guys kind of get into what you thought as well. But uh, I, I can it, it's a it's a mixed bag. It's got some things that work. It's got some things that don't work so well. But honestly, that that feels like a typical CW show in a lot of ways. Yeah. Keith, what do you think? I'm going to start this off by saying that uh, I've always been a fan of Smallville. I think um, Smallville was one of the best shows that CW ever made, and it pretty much laid the groundwork for the shows that they have now, like The Flash, Black Lightning, um, Legends of Tomorrow, um, Supergirl, all these shows that Aaron mentioned. They were they're actually pretty fun shows. You know, I don't really watch them anymore because I don't know. I find there to be better stuff on TV right now. Um, but I think it's the time and the place and the mood that that is connected to the CW shows like Aaron is talking about. They And all of these shows, in a way, feel like One Tree Hill, but with DC characters. And it's probably how we got a multiverse out of these shows, too. Right. Yeah. Um, but I don't think... This just off of my bare minimum knowledge of Batwoman. I don't think that formula works with Batwoman. Okay. Out of all of the those DCCW shows, this is the weakest. I think a big part of it is because I guess 
I would think if you were telling a Batwoman story, just based off the little bit that I know about Batwoman, she's a little bit more, um, she has a little bit more edge to her. And this one just felt like a carbon copied um, female Bruce Wayne type of deal. Yeah, to Keith's point, the the comic book Batwoman, she feels like more of an adult established in an adult life. And I think because this is kind of an origin story, we see Kate come back and she's really just finding her feet as an adult. And I don't think that really helps the Batwoman story that much. When I was thinking about what I would do to change this show, I would just start in the middle. I would just start where she's already Batwoman. She's already got some interesting stuff going on. And then we go back and get her backstory instead of having her be so shaped by this backstory. Um, which is also you, you will pull an arrow. I think I'd pull an arrow. Yeah. And that said, I like the show once it gets rolling, like the first episode, the pilot, I didn't super love because I felt like it was a little bit heavy with backstory and heavy with origin. And I really just want to see Batwoman do her, do her thing and be good at the job. Um, and the whole setup with, you know, the mystery of her sister, her sister and her mom falling off the bridge and the subplot with Sophie uh, the woman she had in a relationship with um, that got her kicked out of her military school. That stuff I would have rather just see layered in instead of having her be kind of defined by those two incidents. That just wasn't that wasn't as interesting to me and felt a little heavy. That said, I thought it paid off in the second episode. It though. paid off really well in the second episode. Yeah, and I almost wish it had happened. That's why I kind of wish they'd started in the middle of the story um, mm. and then showed us that this stuff was troubling her and then resolved it later. Um, but I, on the other hand, this is a CW show. I think this is targeting a younger demographic. And I do think it is incredibly cool that there's a show that a 14-year-old, you know, kid on the LGBTQ spectrum can see somebody who looks like them who's a really good superhero. Like, I think that's really valuable, whether I think everything about the show is good or not. Um, But you know what's funny about what you said, too, is there were some things early on that I just kind of was like, uh, like, why is this character here? Jeez. Like, for example, the, um, Sophie, the, no, well, not, <laughs> not Sophie. <laughs> I'm no, not a tear I, against I, Sophie because Sophie lets her down at every turn and she's still, <laughs> and she's still like going after Sophie. I'm just like, I think I'm ready to be a parent because I'm just like, you should go for the doctor. The doctor seems nice. Uh, well, Kate, well, okay, keeping in mind, though, Kate coming up trying to be a home record, like, she basically said, I was going to come to your wedding, and I was going to tear that motherfucker down. <laughs> you were not getting married, because I was going to show up, and, you know, all right, anyway. That's right, but, that's right. If a guy had but, come back, if Batman had come back and been like, oh, I see that you have a husband now, I'm going to destroy your marriage. <laughs> uh, he has done that, though. A couple okay, of times. Fair. Hell, he was. Remember, he he halfway did it, and um, well, not halfway. He did do it uh, to Harvey and uh, um. That's true. Was, Harvey and Rachel. Yeah, yeah. That's Dark Knight Returns. All right, runs uh, in the family. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that's kind of funny. Um, but the character that at first had me like, God, this is definitely a CW show. Was Mary. So the the sister of um. So the so the woman that her father marries, Jacob. Um. So her daughter so her stepsister in this case i just was like gosh too many characters too complicated well yeah it is kind of well that's cw though but the thing is so it's like i'm like god it's gonna be a social like character it's like every time i see her she's gonna be doing instagram and stuff it's gonna be so annoying and then it turns out like she's like this secret doctor and i was like well that's kind of (laughs) cool and then in the second episode like it, it was interesting because 
I feel like everybody's getting a chance to like use their acting chops a little bit, except Ruby Rose, which is really weird. So like, um, uh, I think so, so, I think Ruby Rose can coast on charisma. I think she's really really good. Um, I think she's coasting a little too hard on charisma so far. And but but part of it is I think she's not really getting a chance with the material to do a whole lot. It feels like everybody else is getting to do more. Like. It's like it feels like she is on a surfboard of charisma right now and just like kind of going through that. Because I feel like, for example, Nicole Kang, uh, the the stepsister we're talking about, uh, is is married. In that moment when she's getting attacked by um, Alice's, um, I don't know if you want to call it like her boyfriend or whatever, her, her you know, second in command, whatever. The undercover crow. Yeah, like yeah. that's a really cool scene. Like she really was was putting a lot in there. I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm into this. Like they they, I've seen a, a whole bunch of them scenes over decades of watching shows like this, and people phone it in all the time. And that was an intense fight. I had to rewind parts of that fight because I thought she stabbed him in the groin with the the piece of metal or whatever it was. No, she got him in, in the calf. Yeah. I'm not the calf. The thigh. The upper thigh. I had to check it because I was like, was that? Did that's pretty edgy? But no. Just thigh. No, no, I think no, it's that, implied that she stabbed him. No, that's black lightning you're thinking of. <laughs> uh, but, but I mean, I, I, there were moments that were like really intense and really well done. And, and, and um, also, I thought, um, oh my God, how do I, I want to say her name correctly? Rachel's uh, Scarston. Scarston. Um, yeah. So, Alice, man, she is fantastic um, when she's on screen, uh, specifically in, in the second episode. I thought like she was just really. It, it, it was weird watching it because having just seen Joker, um, you know, the thing that that I always felt like was missing from Joker was like I just felt like he didn't have any connection to anybody that mm-hmm. mattered, um, and he never felt like he was invested outside of like somebody's making fun of me um, as a character for what for what we're giving in the script, but like whether or not she actually is the sister of of Kate or not. That that mystery, the fact that she's toying with her, and and she could just be messing with her emotions. Like that's a really interesting character interaction that we're seeing each time they're together, specifically in the second episode. And I thought it just really worked well. Specifically, you know, the reveal she has as a character at the end, where she's getting saved, and you can't help but put two and two together when it's like, wait a minute, right? And how you're well, saving me? How well they do that kind yeah. of kind of convinces me that they made the right move in starting off showing the, the car wreck very early in the pilot. Like it, I agree. It does kind of pay off, because in the pilot, I was like, this is corny, but in the second episode, they did pay it off very well. And I think the people involved in this show are smart. Like I like all the creatives involved, um, from Jeff Johns on down. So I'm going to stay with this show. I mean, I, th- I think it's going to go to good places. Yeah, I think so. I know. What, what did you think of, of that reveal between... Alice and Batwoman at the end of the second episode. It was just really predictable for me, personally. So I wasn't just too surprised when it happened. Well, well, well it's predictable in, in that we knew that you know the the thing between them. But like you thought, it's predictable that by episode two they both would know who they are. I think the predictable part was just the fact that I knew when Alice showed up that she was the sister. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you could assume that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the, the, the Kate would would reveal pretty much what she's been doing with the bat suit i i didn't think it was gonna be like um well yeah that but i didn't think that it was gonna be revealed that she was the sister so early on in the story 
Um, so I don't know. That that kind of ruined it for me. I feel like they should have at least waited to the fourth episode to reveal that. But isn't that like Empire? You remember, like I don't know how much you ever watched that show. Like they'd run through like all the soap opera plots you could think of, like in the first three episodes, and you're like, "What do they have left to do?" But you got burned right. out on Empire. I mean, that's why Empire is over after like what five seasons when it could have gone for twelve. Well, that's more because somebody decided to lie about an incident at the subway. Allegedly. But, <clears throat> thank you. Allegedly. Thank. Thanks for uh, <laughs> you know, helping me not hit that tripwire there. <laughs> no, but I mean, there are shows that's that's one of them that just burn through a lot of plot really fast, and it's kind of exhilarating when you're watching it. But then you're like, uh, what are you going to do now? Like, you got to keep topping yourself. And I feel yeah, like, so, yeah. I, so what what happens? I don't know. I feel like they set up the game between her and Alice really well, and I'm curious to see where it goes. Like, why why drag it out? Because like he said, he knew where it was going. If they mm-hmm. kept it going longer, then we would have been—we would have all been super bored. Like we would be mad at the show right now if they were still dragging out the what's going on there. Right. Fair enough. Yeah. And I do agree. I think Alice is probably like the best thing in the show to me. Ruby Rose is kind of. Um, I wish she was doing more. I think I think I stand by my idea that I don't think this should have been a CW show. Just as simple as that. Like. And there's a part of me that, so when I watch stuff like this personally, it's hard for me to think that someone that small can beat that many guys' ass at one time. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there should be more of a struggle in the fight. And sort of like, um, have y'all ever seen Atomic Blonde before? Yeah, it's a great movie. I think the fight scenes on there were like, perfect fight scenes you know because really they seem like believable like when she was fighting you can tell that she was trained and she can whoop some ass but she also struggled sometimes in the fights you know in yeah, a way sense you know and she's yeah. she's a bigger woman than like ruby rose and, I, and even when uh, maybe i mentioned charlie staring too much but even when she played in um furioso I think it's Furiosa, Furiosa, and um, Mad Max Fury Road. Mm-hmm. I like I like her fight scenes in that, but whereas like because I think because this is a CW show, a lot of the fight scenes are more style style stylized. I don't even mm-hmm. know if I said that right, but um, and they don't seem as realistic. Now I do think that that one um, action scene that y'all mentioned earlier, where the um, stepsister was being jumped by the guy. I like that they had a, um, that was a very tense scene in itself. And I think it does, the show by itself, I can, I can kind of see where they're going with it. It's just like I said, I think there were certain choices that they should have probably made it edgier. And even with what Tim said, if you started off with her as being Batwoman, this would at least make us be like, whoa, whoa, what happened? And then you find out Bruce Wayne's been gone for three years. I guess I'm I'm curious about like why make that choice. So I, I guess why make when I say why make, uh, th- yeah, that's what I'm about to say. The, the choice of Batman being gone three years. I don't know what that means yet. I'm really curious to find out like what what advantage you have by having him. It's not even just that he's gone, but he's just been gone three years. That's a long ass time to just be gone. It means the CW um, doesn't have the rights to have Batman, and so they have to do every <laughs> related. I mean, Batman but property. but you you could easily be like you know he's been gone. A week, a couple of weeks, a few months. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, 
Have y'all ever seen um, um, Batman Bad Blood? It's been a minute, but uh, is that the one where, um, oh my God, what's her name? Uh, uh, Talia uh, gets oh, him Ra's to go off with Ra's al Ghul. Yeah, I think she gets him to go off with Batman, and then like the Bad family has tried to convince him to, to you know, come to his senses and not fight for the League of Assassins. Is that it? Or League of Shadows? Excuse me. That's not, that's not completely it, but it's, it's generally like kind of like that. But I was going to say that just that general concept of Batman being missing and what Gotham looks like without Batman, I do think that that's pretty interesting. I kind of like like that element of it. I just think that um, I think she, she comes off as being a tad bit too capable for a person that's never stepped into that role. She like comes off as very incapable to me in some cases, though. You say what? Like, she, she comes off as very incapable to me. It does seem weird that she can use a lot of these tools like without really training in them in any way that we see. But then also, it's like she's clumsy sometimes in ways that don't make sense after doing some stuff that you know was cool. So like at the start of the second episode, she just like in the most lazy way. You know how like, when you watch Batman um, himself or even like when he's training people how to you know, kind of work with him is robins or whatever one of the first things is like hey move in the shadows do your shadow stuff and like she jumped it like right in front of a dude and got shot in the chest like five times I'm like what are you doing and she's like haha this is really cool this suit you know is bulletproof and i'm like you dumbass like what are you doing yeah that was pretty dumb and that was even dumb for her even with the training that she has like her special forces training yeah and it's like i i don't really much- see the special forces training for the yeah, most part. pretty much they don't even move like a special forces unit, like at all. It's weird. I'm yeah. sorry, the crows. And, yeah, they don't. And it and it's just like she shouldn't be able to use his gadgets the way that she does. I should um, see her training with them a little bit. Yeah, we don't see none of that. Yeah, she um, just like she takes she puts on the bat suit and it's just like yeah, I can use the little Gatling gun and just go between buildings. I'm like, when did you learn that? And she could glide around. Um, yeah, it didn't make any sense. It, it, and I, if I remember correctly, doesn't um, Batwoman usually have guns? Um, not usually. I mean, she does use them. I, I don't know if I'd call it like a like a staple. I don't remember seeing Batwoman with handguns. I don't, I, just, I don't know. I don't know I mean, how she, she has that. used them, but like she ain't walking around in the New Fifty Two, for example, just like guns blazing. I mean, she will use guns, but. Um, I don't know. Like, I can't differentiate this character from, like, Batgirl outside of the fact that she's a lesbian. She just she she just doesn't feel very... I mean, but you got Barbara such a different character. I mean, both yeah, of their the fathers... Yeah, her. Like, she kind of has the same thing. Like, she got a father that's in a... In law enforcement. A position like that. Mm-hmm. And she secretly behind her father's back is a vigilante, mm-hmm. and she's kind of she's just good. So uh, Kate had military training. Barbara was a gymnast who learned to become a fighter, similar to Dick. Well, Dick was an actual acrobat, so you know whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying the character themselves, like this Batwoman, seems. I don't know. She seems too good. I, I didn't, but like I said, maybe, like, I, I think Tim know a little bit more about the character. Like, what do you think 
like does she kind of nail Batwoman's personality more or does it feel like just something that CW made up? I mean, just Googling it, Ruby Rose is in her early 30s and I think Batwoman is in her early 30s too in the comics, so she should be the right age, but just because they make the character skew so young, like mm-hmm. we see her as a young child in this car accident that's so crucial to her life and then 15 years has gone by, so I figure she's about 22. And that just makes me think underdog in a way that I really don't think about Batwoman in the comics. Like I think of Batwoman in the comics as like as a shirt as Batman. I think of Batgirl as kind of like she's like a student and she's sort of figuring things out. And she's that's kind of what's cool about her is that like Robin, she's an underdog, but she's figuring things out and like punching way above her weight. Like I feel like Batwoman is super capable, but I don't feel like she's super capable on day one. I feel like she's super capable because she's doing this for been doing this for a few years. Um, yeah, she she's damn near an assassin in in some cases, you know. Um, like she has that kind of like black ops kind of stuff she can do. It's not like a I'm learning on the fly how to do this kind of thing. Yeah. And also, you know, you know something else she did. Like my mom even. So my mom was watching the second episode of me at the beginning, and we both just bust out laughing at the start when she's like going around in the bat suit goes straight like into the regular wayne enterprises garage i'm like what are you doing i get like batman would like you know he had like lakes and stuff he could go into it would open up he'd go into the back cave and here she is downtown gotham just going through the freaking garage oh i'm like you got on the bat suit what are you doing for like goofy tv stuff that's just like just a reminder that it's a tv show and take you out of the story the fact that she goes away for years and then she comes back and the password at Wayne Enterprises is Alfred. That was so... <laughs> Come was on. Like, right. like I, I could hack that. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you couldn't if it was Alfred that wasn't uppercase until it got to the D. Oh, that's good. That's clever. That's, that's that Bruce Wayne code breaking. Yeah. Code setting. Oh, well. man. Did you guys like Luke Fox? Uh, so they're gonna make him Batwing, right? Uh, that's is that ha- what's happening. Okay, is that what's happening? I'm pretty sure that's what's happening. Do y'all do y'all feel that? I, mm, I, I, mean, I don't know. It depends. I think it's gonna depend on how popular his character becomes, mm-hmm. because that's just like um how on Flash, like certain characters that you wouldn't think would oh, have everybody got they start to have bigger roles later on. Arrow was like that too. There was a talking yeah. over right there. Uh, Keith, can you can you say that again and finish? I'm sorry. No, I was saying just like on um, Flash, like certain characters that wouldn't normally have big roles, they have bigger roles later on. Yeah, and Arrow was like that too, where you'd be watching something like, what? Why? Why do you have a? Okay, well, I guess we're doing this now. I was just cool. watch. <laughs> I was just watching the show. Like, why is she the superhero and not him? Like, he's just been hanging out with That's all That's actually really funny. I hadn't thought about that. The only difference is that she can beat people up. Like, they're equally smart. He's better with the equipment, if anything. And she can beat people up. I guess that's well, what being Batman is. Being Batman uh, is. Well, you know, so you, you want... <laughs> I'm just going to say it because it's, it's worth laughing at. I mean, everybody... Look, nobody knows who Batman is, but everybody knows Batman is white. I mean, Batman has the new black, like, I don't know what he is, like, partner who wears the yellow suit in the new in the new ones. 
Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, like, as far as, like, you can see his chin. I mean, I feel like Gotham has probably, I don't know what the breakdown of Gotham is, but if it's, like, New York, I feel like they would just be like, okay, new Batman, he's black now. That doesn't, like, give away his identity or anything. No, no, it doesn't. But you'd be like, that's not Batman. I mean, it, like, it wasn't like, okay, like, if you're a villain, for example, you'd be like, well, that's not my Batman. I'm not scared of him. You're saying the cops would stop cooperating with him. Wow, <laughs> that's not even a joke I was making, but that's actually really funny. <laughs> I'm a bad person. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, he is a vigilante as it is. I mean, they like remember he was saying, "Kate, you got the suit on, you can't go down there." Blah 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 blah. Oh, Batman had a black chin. It was going <laughs> down there. <laughs> um, just a um, just a little side note, not too far off the subject, but what do you guys think about Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman? Um, well, I, the, um, the Batman. I, I put no thought into it. I mean, you mean from a racial component? No, just in general. Like, what's your thoughts on it? I don't know enough Zoe Kravitz stuff to like have a like some opinion, positive or negative, about the casting. Honestly, um, I think who's the best Catwoman probably that there's been Eartha Kid. I think Michelle Pfeiffer, in my opinion. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer was actually really good. Um. There's never been a Catwoman I didn't like, to be honest. Um, I thought Eartha Kitt was good. I thought Julie Delpy was... Not Julie Delpy. Julie Newmar was good. There was another one in the early Batmans who was also good. Okay, I see. You, you're skipping the obvious one, and that's fine. We're, I mean, we're gonna, I mean is, the movie wasn't good, but she was a good Catwoman. I don't it is know. weird looking back on it. Like, so there are some terrible scenes in that movie, but she as Catwoman was, was pretty okay. But the CGI is just... Ooh. You know I mean, what? the CGI, it's not even horrible, but like that basketball scene, I don't know if you have you guys have even remember that. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. It, it's almost as bad as the Matt Murdock scene. Well, so the first Daredevil movie? Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. That basketball scene? <laughs> don't do a yeah. basketball scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No superhero basketball scenes. There's also a really good White Man Can't Jump callback in, um, in Zombieland 2, which is fantastic. Oh, really? It's really funny. It's very subtle, but it's awesome. Is Double Tap out already? I think it comes out tomorrow as we're recording this, and I loved it. It was really, really good. Yeah, we're going to have to check that out. Um, But, uh, you know, I even liked, I I liked the Anne Hathaway Catwoman because I thought when she got cast, I was like, oh, this is a bad idea. This is going to be like Disney Catwoman, and she was great. (laughs) Disney Catwoman. But you know what? My, My thing about... I think she did good for the most part. She just didn't didn't feel like Catwoman. And maybe maybe this might sound a lot se- pretty sexist in saying this. I just envision Catwoman to be a little bit. Um, I think Catwoman is supposed to be sexy. Like when you see Catwoman, not and when she walks in the room, she's supposed to exude a certain amount of femininity and sexiness. And you're saying Anne Hathaway doesn't pull that off. No, I don't. I don't think so. Not sexy. Like she's more like you know, she cute. You know, she's. <laughs> I thought she was absolutely great. Every, I think I think everywhere. you saw her more as like sly, but not like like you know meow. Like like Batman is like I'm tensed up because I don't want to even get the impression that I am gonna be persuaded by her her right. you know and her I, bosoms and all whatever else. I did think yeah, just like that, and she's also supposed to be like sexy and like very dangerous at the same time. Yeah, like always plotting, even though it looked like she's just trying to like you know 
appear to be sexy. Like she's always there's always like a something you need to be looking at while she's trying to put on the sexy. Right. It's kind of like how I feel about Rihanna. I always felt like if if, a, if you get with Rihanna, it's gonna be like some um, eyes wide shut type shit, you know. Rihanna would be an amazing Catwoman. I think Zoe Kravitz she is gonna be really good though. Um, I, I really like that show, Big Little Lies, and she's really good on it. So mm-hmm. yeah, I could definitely see it. And I think um, I think while we're here, Paul Dano as the Riddler is amazing. Yeah, I just saw that. That's uh, hmm, it's quite a choice. Um, Who is Paul did- Dano? He's he's the guy whose milkshake gets drunk and there will be blood. Oh, he's the guy that um, gets killed and there will be blood. The yeah. outside spoiler. spoiler. <laughs> came out Good job, guys. It came that out is a big rip. Whatever it was. Yeah. Um, I can see. Well, I was about to say, look, we're uh, getting close to to our uh, time to. to wrap things up so overall would you guys recommend people check out batwoman or what do you think yeah i mean i would i i think it's definitely worth watching i think it's i i hope it becomes like kind of a cult show um if nothing else and i definitely hope that if you're a if you're a girl in the midwest who thinks you might be gay that you find this show and have like something to connect with. I think that's a really cool thing about it. Um, I think the representation on that show is fantastic. We've seen so much of this stuff before. Like Alice is a little reminiscent of the Joker. We've seen like all of these scenes of Gotham, um, all these interrelationships, and it all just feels really, really familiar. And sometimes like a cover version of you know previous Batman films. I wish it had come out in 2008 when this material was a little bit fresher, and when it would have been really, really bold to have a lesbian protagonist. Um, it doesn't feel as bold or groundbreaking now, but that's a good thing. I mean, it, it's good that we've had a lot of other things that have... It's good that there's way more visibility than there was 10 years ago. Um, I think it's just to the show's disadvantage that it's covering ground that has already been covered, and I almost wish there was like a whole new hero. Um, I also... I do hear the complaint that was raised by one of our listeners a while ago that people keep trying to update existing IP or put a twist on existing IP instead of creating new IP. I think that kind of kind of is a, a fair critique here. I just want them to go further off the rails. Like I want them to go really, really far and establish themselves really separately from Batman as the show goes on. Like I want them to feel empowered to try some just do some crazy stuff. I mean, Gotham started getting pretty crazy. I'd like them to go as crazy as Gotham or crazier. Right. And I feel I, like that's where it's going. Hopefully. Yeah. And I, I think that's my, I, I personally, I, I would only suggest this to someone that like those particular type of shows and they just want to watch everything that's part of the Arrowverse. But, um, for me, I think it's just a wasted opportunity to have told, uh, a different story, an edgier story from what we're used to with the um, Arrowverse characters. And I don't know, like, even to add to Tim's point, like, you could have a a lesbian protagonist, but did it have to be one that's connected to Batman, you know? And if you do do that, why not add uh, something to her that really makes her stand out, that makes her a little bit more um, makes it more risque, makes it more um, fun to watch, right? 
you know. It's kind of like when we talk about Daredevil, for example. Like, when they made the Daredevil film, they tried to use the same formula they used for Spider-Man, for Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, and it didn't work, you know. But when you put Daredevil on Netflix, it was perfect. Yes, I will say, honestly, I feel like it's it's worth watching. Um, I think the the side characters are are what's going to make or break the show, um, at least given where we are. But it's worth following, at least. And maybe we can come back and we're looking at kind of what's happened in the season of television and and see what the show's become. But, uh, hey, if you enjoyed the episode, please like, share, subscribe, all that goodness. Uh, We'll be back with another episode very, very shortly. So, um, We'll see y'all in the next mm, around Halloween, I guess, something like that. And uh, you can check out the Shoot This Now podcast if you want to, but what's really important that you check out coffeeandnamaste.com. Just go there. I'm not even going to tell you about it. You're just going to be very delightfully surprised. (laughs) All right, so how about y'all in the next one, though? Peace. Peace. Peace.